Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Amen. The only thing that kept Jesus from doing any mighty works in his own hometown was he marveled at their unbelief. The Bible tells us if you truly believe, you rejoice. I'm just throwing this out there to you. And you can grab it if you want to. If you don't, I can't make you. I can't decide for what you're going to believe. I'm going to believe it. Amen? Glory to God. Father, we thank you right now for the spirit of wisdom. We thank you, Father, right now for understanding. The eyes of our understanding would be enlightened that we may know the hope of our calling. What you actually expect from the calling, your invitation upon our lives. Now, Father, we thank you right now for clear minds and open hearts. Say this with me right now. I open my heart and I clear my mind for the entrance of God's word into my life. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. I want to say that one more time. Somebody's going to be healed while I'm talking today. Not because these are the words of Ronnie Allen, but because I give myself right now in the name of Jesus to the Word of God. There was a group in 1969, late 69 to 19, early 70s. Some of you that are older will remember this. Some of you won't that are younger. And the name of that rock group was called Credence Clearwater Revival. And they never got their revival. Because the word credence means something that you hold to be true. It's really, it's really, let me give you this definition so you'll get it. It means a belief in or acceptance of something as true. Now they named that group credence. So that means they put their belief in something that proved out not to be true. And when you look at it, uh, you ask Siri, and she'll pull it up on your electronic device, you'll find out what happened to this rock man. And there were infightings, there were underhanded crooked deals, and it caused that What they wanted was a revival to absolutely, it it fell apart. Like so many other things that we give credence to. That really is a lie, but we base, base our convictions or our belief system on it. And I'm going to talk about belief systems, what I'm going to talk about today. And it fell apart. 
like so many other things during that time. By the way, I just want to throw this out here. What you're seeing in this generation is the culmination of wrong believing for several generations. Starting even back then. And it was uh, shown in, in the music industry during that time. That's not my subject matter. You all understand my subject matter is not Credence Clearwater Revival. Because uh, that's wrong believing. But God creates systems. And we've been talking about this. I, I, I asked the Lord, do you want me to go back to that? Yeah, I want you to go back to it. I want you to stay with it. God creates system. A system, it, it, it really is an orderly method. For so long, many of God's people think that God, uh, when we use faith and the charismatic uh, if you would, movement, uh, Pentecostal movement, those that believe in speaking in tongues and the gifts of the Spirit, and so think we have thought that God doesn't have any system when it comes to that. In fact, we think any orderly advancement to that was a, a restriction and a legalism uh, if you would, to keep the Spirit from moving as if the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is disorganized and you never know what He's going to do. Like, is it's a freaky thing. You know what I mean? You may show up, He may show up, and He may not show up. And if He wants to do it, He will. That is not according to the Scriptures. God creates systems. And he gives us very easily the solar system to understand. The solar system is an orderly system. And it governs, listen carefully, that system operates the climate that is on earth. Okay? If you can change what the sun, the moon, the stars do, if you can change that, then you can change the climates that are on the earth. But if you can't change that, then guess what? You can't change the climates that are on the earth. The problem is that we have a weather has just been recorded maybe in the last couple of hundred years. And we're supposed to take the last couple of hundred years with our records and dictate... Uh, the science, true biblical science, by the way, uh, science of the solar system. Do you know that they want us to believe this? And I'm, I'm not saying this to be funny, but I'm going to be blunt with you, all right? Because you, you live this on an everyday basis. They really want us to believe that cow... Parts affect climate change. That's why there is a great, listen carefully, movement in our generation to try to do away with eating beef. They want us to believe that. And you know what's sad? Somebody's been smoking it, believes it. They believe it. 
They hold that to be true. They give credence to it. And that the science that's based on that is going to fall apart just like the rock band. Now, I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm here to help you understand that that spirit that has attacked us from even a logical standpoint, uh, and there is an attack, by the way, on the belief system. That same spirit has been attacking the belief system in the body of Christ to where we don't even believe the Bible. There are whole denominations now that are saying, well, now, you know, the Bible is not necessarily the inherent word of God. Listen, the only thing that works in life, the only thing that works in life is found in the Word of God, which is contained in the Holy Writ called the Bible. When you deviate from that, you are uh, subjecting yourselves to the lies of the devil. And in doing so, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment. Okay? Now, None of us are perfect at it. That's why we got to keep hearing the Word of God, all right? Now, this system that God sets up called the system of belief. God designed you. You understand? God designed you. Say that with me out loud. God designed me. Say, I came from heaven. Well, some of you don't even believe that. You came from heaven. You had no say-so. God had you planned in his heart long before you ever existed. That's how come you're here. Now, your mother and your father, they may have provided your earth suit, but they didn't provide the soul. You follow me? And it's a great privilege when you fall into God's order of business, divine order, uh, and, and your parents, you know, uh, fall into that divine order that you get here, uh, you know, with the way God created you to be, physically. But sometimes that don't work out that way. That doesn't keep God from loving you and wanting you here on the earth at this time. Do you ever think about that? Did you ever think about this? Why didn't I live in the 18th century? Why didn't I live when Jesus walked on the earth? Why am I here now? Because God forethought you long before you ever thought I thought. Okay, so God designed you to have a belief system. Okay, that belief system, listen carefully, has laws that govern that system, just like the universe and the solar system has laws that govern it, there are laws that govern the belief system. A law is simply a, a principle based on truth. Listen carefully what I said. Based on truth. A principle based on truth defining correct procedure for that system. So, if God gave you a belief system, created you the belief system, God gave truths 
are absolutes, if you would, which are really called laws that govern that belief system to cause it to function properly. When you believe a lie, you will be disappointed. However, belief, the system is still working. When you believe the truth, you will never be disappointed. The key is determining, discriminating, if you would, between a lie and the truth. Because the devil never presents the truth, I mean the lie, as the, I mean he always presents the lie as the truth. And he may, listen carefully, he may even use Bible to do so. Scripture taken out of context can cause you to believe the wrong thing. And make it a conviction on the inside of which you would be willing to die for. One of the greatest lies that I've ever seen perpetrated, which I had to come to the conclusion because I believed that anything that happened in this life had to be ordained and orchestrated by God, when in reality, that's not the case. There are certain things that happen to all of us all the time that are not in the plan of God for our lives. It's the result of wrong believing. Count me down now. And so this system of belief is based on a law. Well, more than one law, but there is a law that's involved. And it it says you use this law properly, it'll cause your belief system to function the way it was created to. The first law I'll introduce to you, which we're going to concentrate on, is called the law of faith. Now, here's the, the, we could say, well, the law of faith. Everybody, we've got to protect everybody's faith. Well, faith simply comes from believing something. The believing mechanism of your life is called the heart. And when we talk about the heart, we're not talking about the muscle that pumps blood. That is, that is the physical side, Okay. We're talking about the center of your being, the real you, the real person inside here is the center of your physical being. In other words, your physical being is here to support the real you on the inside. You follow me? And the Bible tells us that the believing mechanism is the center of your being called the heart. That's why he tells us in the book of Proverbs, well, Romans chapter 10 uh, tells us verse 14, for with the heart man believeth. Okay? For with the heart. The heart is is the mechanism God uses for this system. For with the heart man believeth. Okay? Now, that means you can take something and believe it and hold it to be true, and it can be a bald-faced lie. And there's an attack on the system of belief to get you to accept something as the truth 
when in reality is a lie. And let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Today, there's a political attack for you to believe something just because the government said it. Are you following that? Just because someone who sits in a white house says something, you're supposed to take the mandate because they say it. Now, the interesting thing is this has been going on for decades now. The same laws that they mandate you believe and accept as truth, they exempt themselves from. Now, that's called hypocrisy. And Jesus dealt with that spirit through the Pharisees. Are you following that? You're not supposed to take things hook, line, and sinker and put them into that system of belief and, and, and accept it as your conviction. If you do, listen, all we need is two weeks and we will take care to get ahead of this pandemic. Have you noticed that they change things in the process? Now it's not two weeks, it's two years. It's not one shot, it's two plus a booster. And what we're seeing now is people are starting to understand that they've accepted something as truth when the perpetrators were lying. And their, their justification is, you can't handle the truth. Oh, y'all missed that. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. As if we've got to tell you what to Believe. And if you don't believe it, then you're not a good citizen. Are you, are you understanding what I'm talking about? It's an attack on the belief. Now, that same spirit is also attacking Christians. Anybody that does not believe the mandate of the crowd... And dares to believe the word of God above it is mocked, ridiculed, and threatened, and threatened to be fired. As if you're not going to make it. God is boiling it all down to the body of Christ. You going to believe him? Or are you going to believe what they tell you to believe? Are you following what I'm saying? Well, that applies to you in your own life. Let me give you, y'all think I've lost my mind, but, but thank, and you better thank God if I do. So I can get the mind to Christ. I'm going to trade mine in, my thoughts for his thoughts. Romans chapter 3. I'm going to go with chapter 3, verses 24 through 31. Well, I, I, let's go back to Romans chapter 10. 
Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 11. Let's read there first. And I'm going to read it out of the King James, and then we'll read Romans chapter 3. And uh, then we're going to take the rest of the time to comment. Romans chapter 10. This is this. We're going to start with verse number 1. We'll read through verse 11. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Or we could say not according to true knowledge. You know, there's a lot of people who have a zeal about life, but it's not according to true knowledge. For they, go, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and we can say it another way, they ignoring God's righteousness. You know, the word ignorance comes from the word ignore. If you ignore the truth, you're going to establish your belief system on something, but it won't be the truth. Being ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted, have not submitted, have not submitted, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law. Now stop right here. It means the end of laws that govern systems. It meant the end or the fulfillment or the completion of the law. That was given by Moses. Are you following me? Let me put it another way. You will never fulfill the Ten Commandments on your own. You got to be born again. What does that mean? I have to be born anew on the inside. Because I can never externally do the opposite of what's internally. I want to say that one more time. I can never do externally what is the opposite of the internal. For out of the, that's why he tells us in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. And let me put it another way. Jesus came to give you a new heart so you could live a new life. You can never, with the old heart of sin, fulfill the law of God externally because it's not in you internally. God prophesied through Ezekiel and also through Jeremiah. He said, the covenant that I'm going to make with you after those days is I'm going to take my law and I'm going to write it in your heart. Why did he say that? Because once I put it in your heart, you'll keep it on the outside. The external laws that God gave Moses was to show man that he could not keep what God required to live the kind of life that, that God designed you to live without living it from the heart. 
Are you understanding what I'm saying? God's not trying to make anybody do anything. He puts within you a new heart that causes you out of the overflow of that, that new heart to live a life that he designed you to live. Right, am I making sense to you now? Let's read a little bit further. Going about to establish there, for the Christ is the end of the, of the law for righteousness to everyone that what? Believeth. He's dealing with the believing system. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man that doeth these things shall live by them. But if you ever not do them one time, then you're guilty as if you have never done it. But the righteousness which is of faith, faith operates through the belief system. And when he's talking about faith, he's not talking about human confidence. Get that out of your mind. Human confidence is one of the most fickle things that there is. It's based strictly on how you feel. It's based strictly upon the momentum that you have through feeling. But God's faith is based not on feeling, but it's based on what God said. God's feelings and his saying are one and the same. He doesn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed and change his faith. He wakes up on the, always on the right side of his word. You understand? And he's trying to get us to understand that he's consistent. He's absolute. He doesn't say anything he means, and he doesn't mean anything he doesn't say. You have to be confused with your emotions to misinterpret God. <laughs> that went over real big. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. What does it say? Say, this is what it does not say. It doesn't say in thy heart, who shall it ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. How many of you ever say, God, come down and heal me? Jesus has already come down. You're, listen, <laughs> he's already come down. He's already raised from the dead. You didn't make him raise from the dead, and you didn't make him come down to begin with. He came down of his own accord because he's in love with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I just don't see why. And that's the way we look at everybody else. I just don't see why God came down here to save you. All right. Watch this. But what does it say? The word is nigh thee. The what? Word. The word. The, the Bible says in the book of John that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word and God are one and the same. You cannot separate the Word of God from God, and you can't separate God from the Word. They're one and the same. So when you talk about the Word, you're talking about God. And when you talk about God, you're talking about the Word. Now, what Word? What God said. They're inseparable. 
Okay. The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. Notice where it's at first. In your mouth, then it's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe, the believing mechanism, shall believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. How many of you ever believed a lie? Did it put you to the rest of you lying right now? Okay. We've all believed a lie. Anytime I've ever believed a lie, guess what? I was disappointed. I was put to what? Shame for believing the wrong thing. Just like Credence Clearwater Revival. I fall apart. Okay? Do you know that they were real popular? They were the number one rock band during the, I believe it's 69 through 71. But they couldn't hold it together because there was such, such infight. They believed the wrong thing. How many of you ever had these internal conflicts? You know, when you believe the Word of God, when you believe what God says, it destroys all conflict. That even external, listen carefully, conditions. I want to say that, get this right. Even external conditions bow down to the truth of what God says. It changes. It falls apart, if you would. But when you don't believe it, and you base your expectations on wrong believing, you come up shorthanded and it breaks you down. Are you with that? Man. The system of belief. The law of faith. The law of faith that he's talking about, but let me keep reading. The law of faith that he's talking about is the law of the God kind of faith, where you could actually have the same kind of faith that God has in his own word. But guess what you got to do? You got to believe that word the way God believes it. Now, how can, I, that, how can that be? Believe it's absolute. Final word. Now, this word, I want to give you a definition for this word, ashamed. Whosoever believes the word of God will never be ashamed. Whoever incorporates his system of belief to lay hold of that as truth and give credence to what God says above all of the social media. It, let me ask you, if all your friends on social media believe something, would you believe it because everybody else believes it? Do you know that's what our society's done? You put a video on there, and everybody believes that that's the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and so let's kill them. That's what happened. That's what happened. And guess what? What we saw with our own eyes deceived us. 
Woo! Shout me down. Listen to this. This word ashamed means to shame down, as in disgrace. We're saved by what? So if believing the wrong thing disgraces us from God, then we got to change what we believe. Disgrace or by implication, by implication, put to blush, like dishonor, like as if someone's hope was based on deception. As if someone's hope was based on deception. You know, I love God. I, I love him. He's always proved out to be right. How many times have I been wrong? Don't you answer that, Pastor Zona. Let, let, me, let me tell you a story. I wasn't going to talk about this because I don't like to. It puts me to shame. But uh, before Matthew was even born, so that's been how long it's been. And uh, we, we lived out there by Zona's parents. And she'd been coming to church. We was hearing words, the word of God on prosperity. I don't, I, we was hearing it all. We was, we was going to video Bible school at Pastor Odell's church at the time. And we was going to school three nights a week plus church on Wednesday night plus, plus uh, uh, Sunday morning and, and Sunday night. So we, our word level was rising. So our belief level, believing mechanism was kicking in gear. We was hearing about prosperity. And, and uh, Zona said, you know, the Lord's put it in my heart. Somebody's going to send us some money in the mail. Now, all those that are just slow to believe. This is an example. Do not follow it. Do not collect the $200 and don't think you passed go with this. You're a little slow. Wake up one day. Anyway, so I said, who is going to send us any money in the mail? Who's going to do that? She said, well, I just, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, something in here keeps telling me there's going to be some money in the mail. And I got to where she, every, every time we drove home, we went to the mailbox, and she said, I want you to get the mail out of the mailbox, because somebody's going to send us some money in the mail. And the more I mocked her, the more she laid hold on it. And unbelieving, going to church with her, that lets you know that two people can sit beside each other. One be quick to believe and one to be slow to believe. And I was slow to believe. I said, who's going to do that? As if, you know, we hear about the preachers getting money in the mail, but I ain't a preacher. At that time, I wasn't doing it. I was mopping the church floors. I'm not the one at the podium, behind the podium. You know what I'm saying? So who's going to send us any money in the mail? And then it got to where every day, this went on for weeks. He said, money's coming in the mail, Ronnie. I'm telling you, money's coming in the mail. 
I said, who's going to? I said, Sona, ain't nobody going to send us money in the mail. Nobody knows who we are. They're not going to send us no money in the mail. She said, well, just hand the mail to me. And we'd go through this same conversation every day picking up the mail. Went on for weeks. And then one day, I handed her the mail, and she goes through the mail, and she opens up the mail, and, and somebody had sent us a check. Was it $60? Something like that. I don't remember how much it was. Point is, how much it was doesn't mean a lot. Not near as much as the fact that it happened. Now, $60 back then was like $600 today. And she opened that mail, and I said, well, who's it from? And she told me we had done some business with people a couple of years before, and uh, 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 they had audited their books and found out that we had this money that we overpaid them. Now, here's, let me tell you how much I really believe. Here's my believing mechanism was goofed up, my believing system. I said, don't you cash that check. I said, there's a mistake somewhere. And I, yeah, I, I was, I, the mistake was right here. And, and Zona just, I mean, she was, she was glad and happy. And I said, don't you cash that check. We're going to call. This happened to be on a Friday, so they were already closed. I couldn't deal with them. I said, I'm going to call Friday. I mean, I'm going to call them Monday morning. And I want to make sure, because... I could see us, this, let me tell you how much this belief system was messed up. I could see us putting, cashing that money, and then them calling us and telling them, we made a mistake, you owe that money back. <laughs> could we have used it? Yes, because we could have used it like that and spent it all and be gone. And that's what, that's what was in my head. That was the image, it was in my head. That's what I saw from my believing system. You follow me? It became an image in my head. I said, don't you cash it. So I called them Monday, and I told them, I said, y'all sent us a check in the mail. She said, well, let me give, and I don't know what it's for. And she said, let me give you the accounting department. The accounting department says, yeah, we, we was going over our books. We had an audit of our books, and y'all overpaid us. Now, that ought to be, listen, that ought to be, that ought to be, that ought to be enough for you to cash the check. But after I'd got on the phone and told Zona, she's all excited. She's excited the whole time. I'm not. I said, don't you cash that check because I'm going to wait till the end of the week and call them back again. <laughs> so I called them back again at the end of the week. I, 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 that check sat there, uh, and we needing it. Uh, our check, that check sat there all week long, and I called them the second time. And the the woman that, that answered that the accounting part thought I was out of my mind. And I was. <laughs> the point is, that's how much our believing gets messed up. And the more you listen to what the devil has to say, the more your system is going to be goofed up and you're going to believe a lie and it's going to put you to shame. It's going to make you blush for believing the wrong thing. It's going to disgrace you. 
Since then, I have repented. Y'all know what repentance is, don't you? It means change. God didn't need to change. Zona didn't need to change. It was the leader of the household. Are you following me? That's the reason why God's shutting down churches. The leader of the church needs the change, and he refuses. And half the people that support that leader refuses to change to get their believing mechanism hooked up with the Word of God. You were designed to believe every word that God said above the opinions of your friends, above social media, above the news media, above society itself, above your present circumstances. Your believing system was designed by God to take every word that he said and take it to be the truth that it is, the absolute, unadulterated, uncompromising, absolute truth that's been hidden for you from past ages. Absolutely. My goodness. It's time for the body of Christ to get their believing system in line with something that's eternal and not subject to circumstances. What is society focusing on? It is focusing on the color of a person's skin, the side of town they live on, their education, and about 90% of the education is not education, it's propaganda. It's not based on, on truth, it's based upon opinions and dictation of what I want you to believe. It's not proven to be true. My God, it started way back when they said we came from monkeys. They are taking a theory that is still a theory and taught it for decades as if it's absolute. And it still can't be proven today. You didn't come from some scum that was on top of the lake and the sun just happened to hit it and you evolved out of it. My God, you got to be out of your ever-loving mind to believe that. But we got people in the body of Christ that believe that nonsense and then they want to know why they can't believe God and don't get the miraculous power of God to operate on their behalf. We've educated for generations our children right out of believing the Bible. Right out of believing it. Wow. Go me to Romans chapter 3 and then I'm going to... This will be the last place I go as far as reading. I got some other things I got to say. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Talking about 
being justified. Look at verse number 24. Being justified freely by his grace. Now, justified means just as if I never sinned. Sin disqualifies somebody from receiving from God other than you acknowledging him as Lord and Savior. You follow me? So you are not justified in the sight of God by your own prideful accomplishments because they are nothing more than filthy rags. All of your accomplishments in life can never get you to what Jesus paid for. You follow that? But guess what the world does? You got a plaque on the wall, they pride themselves in that plaque on the wall. Well, get, see if that'll get you into heaven. See if that'll get you what Jesus paid for. It won't. That's the reason why you cannot believe the lies of the devil and, and listen carefully in what society's telling you and hold it that, that only white men can prosper. You're believing a lie. And guess what? It was? It holds animosity against the white man. And what you don't realize is white men have to apply the same principles of wisdom to get the God kind of wealth. Now look at me. Look at me and I want you to listen to me. I know that whereof I speak. I was born in a white body. You know where it got me? A red neck. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Are you kidding me? God does not base his blessing upon the color of your skin. He bases his blessing on your willingness to believe what he said. That's what qualifies you. Look, I want you to look, I, I want you to look at me again. Don't look at your Bible right now. Look at me. Everything that I have for any kind of increase came from God. I am rich not by what the bank says I have. I'm not rich because of my possessions. I'm rich because the Word of God is possessing me. It's on who possesses you that determines on what you possess. If a lie possesses you, then what you have is not true wealth will turn around and have worms eat it up. Being justified freely by His grace, His influence, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation, true faith in His blood, and declared His righteousness 
for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, that at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him that believe in Jesus. Now, listen, what I want you to get. God has fixed it in this believing system that he is justified in justifying you. You follow me? Now, how did you? If he would have based it upon what you could do, then he wouldn't be the justifier. He couldn't be just in justifying you then, because you would be just in justifying yourself. So God doesn't base it on that. He bases it upon what he's done for you. My dad used to put it like this. Salvation is not what you do for God. Salvation is what God has done for you. Now, your part is to believe in what he's done for you. Now, verse 27. Where is boasting then? It's excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay but by the law of faith. The law of faith is how your believing system is supported. The law of faith in Christ Jesus supports your believing system now to qualify you. To qualify you. For what? What Jesus paid for. I am a rich man. I am rich because God says I am. I don't have to have any. I'm not rich because of my possessions. I am rich because God says I'm rich. Now, why am I rich? Because I dare to believe what God said in the face of my present circumstances. I may not have two dimes to rub together. That ain't got nothing to do with it. So how can that be, Pastor Ron? That's what I'm saying. You and I have been so programmed by this fallen human nature that we dare not believe God that gets us from the poverty house to the rich house. That gets us off the sick bed into health. That gets us out of, 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 how would I say it? The feelings of inferiority, out of inferiority to acceptance. But that has, you have to believe the right thing. If your believing system is off, you're going to believe the wrong thing, and it's going to cause you to blush in disappointment. So where's boasting? It's done away with. By what law? The law of faith in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we conclude that as man is justified by faith without the law or the deeds of the law of works. We'll put it that way. Is he the God of the Jews only or is he not the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Now watch this. Do we then make void the law of works through faith? Of course not. 
God forbid. We establish the law of works. How? By the law of faith. Now we do things because we believe the right thing. See, if I believe I if if I believe that whatever I put my hand to would prosper, are you kidding me? I'm not going to sit on my hand. But the world is telling you you can't prosper without us telling you and giving to you. And God says, listen, you prosper because of uh, my blessing that's upon you. Now you can't sit on your hands because whatever you put your hand to will what? Listen, listen. Glory to God. How many of you ever heard this? The golden years. And all the older people said, what golden years? I always heard that the, your golden years is when you got older. Well, it means when you mature, actually. See, when you're immature, stupid, thinking you can do it all on your own, without any wisdom from God, then guess what? You're not even going to get copper years. But the more you start maturing in the Word of God, the more you start growing in faith in the Word of God, guess what? The more you're going to start operating the God wisdom, and then whatever you do will prosper. Whatever you do will prosper. That's what the Bible says. He said if you meditate in the Word of God day and night, meditate and think about it. In other words, have a thought process whereby you analyze scrutinize every thought that comes through your head by the Word of God renovating your thinking, then whatever you do will do what? Prosper. Are you kidding me now? I'm just now getting my head screwed on right. So that means I have to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What I'm going to do is going to succeed. Well, I'm I'm believing it anyway. Whatever I do is going to succeed. Listen, listen very carefully. Zona mentioned it yesterday, I think. We was traveling on the way back. I guess it was yesterday. The last couple of days. She said, you know what most people, how would you say that? Most people worry about or regret. Is that the word? That they regret or they worry about or they are, are frustrated over the most and they, it's always on their mind. Is how much they hate going to their job. Huh? Oh, that's it. Spending three hours a week complaining about going to work. Their job. You know why? Because they hate their job. You know why? Because they believe the lie of our society. They've incorporated it into their system, their believing system. Trey mentioned it earlier, and I'm going to say it again. The blessing of the Lord, it, what? It, what's the it? The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he adds no grievous toil or sorrow with it. So in other words, 
I can dig a ditch with the blessing of the Lord and be happy about it and prosper and absolutely gain financially from digging a ditch. From digging a ditch. Are you, are you listening? I proved it with mowing, mowing yards in my lifetime. I enjoy a nice yard that's mowed. Now listen, that doesn't take too much intelligence, most people think. But when you're over there belly aching about it and can't stand it and you don't like it, and I can't, I don't like more in the yard, well, just hire me. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? I'm getting out of that. I'm going to start mowing people. <laughs> I taught a message one time called the yard that Jesus mowed. Most people don't even know he mowed a yard. The scripture says all flesh is as grass. <laughs> so Jesus used the word of God to mow it and keep it mowed. You know what? How many of you like a manicured yard? I do. Man, I think that looks sharp. Overgrown yards, got a lot of trash in them. Dangerous, too. Never know what's lurking in those high weeds. Follow? Listen. People, we've got to start believing the right thing. Got to start believing the right things. That's why he tells us the supporting law to the law of faith. This is the supporting law. This is what makes the law of faith work. And it's referred to in the book of James as the royal law. You know what royal law means? It means all the laws that govern all of God's system is governed by this law. You cannot effectively use the law of faith without this law. It's, it's the supreme law, and it's called the law of love. Now listen very carefully. He's not talking about the law of human affection. He's talking about the law of God's love. Where God, you, actually incorporate in your believing system that God loves me. You won't, you won't have a whole, listen carefully, you won't have a whole approach into your reasoning, your thinking, or your choices if you don't believe truly believe that God loves you. You won't be able to operate in the law of God, the, the, the law of the God kind of faith. You won't be able to. Because faith, according to Galatians 5, 6, faith, the law of faith, worketh by the law of love. And he's talking about his love for you. He went after you 
while you were rejecting him. He pursued you with his kindness. He pursued you when you were worthless. He pursued you when you didn't believe that you were worth anything. God created you so he could love you. Even your lifetime here on earth, he put you on earth just so he could demonstrate to you that he loves you. The ultimate of all the ages of human time was culminated into the act of his death, burial, and resurrection on that, uh, uh, the, the, the life of Christ, the death, burial, and the resurrection, that for God so loved you that he gave, even when you didn't even accept it. God so loved you that he gave. God's not asking you to give up anything. He's asking you to receive him, and then you'll give up anything that's not of him. Once you see how good he is, how much he loves you, then, then you're going to say, why in the world did I waste all that time believing a lie? When the truth was right there in front of me all the time. Glory to God. The truth of the matter is, God's healing somebody right now. The truth of the matter is, God is making somebody whole right now. The truth of the matter is, miracles are in the making. They're not a fantasy. Quit putting God in the same class as Disneyland. You don't really believe a mouse is going to talk to you in English. You don't really believe that is a mouse on that screen. It's nothing than an image that has been put on that screen. That is not even based on truth. It's based on fantasy. And many people put what we do here on Sunday by reading the infallible word of absolute truth is in that category. And our churches have been nothing more than entertainment centers. When reality is, Jesus paid so you could live that life. Now listen very carefully. I'm going to make a statement right here and I want you to get ready to receive. When Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood, take any miracle in the Gospels, any healing. Uh, the blind man, the lepers, any of them. Did we have a Sunday morning service to prop them up? 
Or did one word or one touch do it? God, listen very carefully. God's not here because of the atmosphere. God is here because we believe he's here. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Do we have to have... Now, listen very carefully, and I play, I play Christian music all the time. So I don't, I don't want anybody to misunderstand what I'm saying. It helps me with an atmosphere. It quietens everything down around me. But you'll never notice there was never a Christian group there singing in the background. Put them in the presence. In fact, with the woman with the issue of blood, there was a crowd. She could have let that crowd hinder her. Or there could have been the presence of Pharisees who were saying, How dare could Jesus say to the one, the man that was crippled, Thy sins be forgiven thee? There was opposition there in the atmosphere, and yet that man received his miracle. I think we've put such an emphasis on everything being perfect in the atmosphere that we have lessened the emphasis on true, correct believing. Because see, you can, get your, you can get your miracle. I mean, you can get your miracle walking down the aisles in the grocery store. Now, you had to focus your faith other than at the cash register. You could, you could get it. You could get it at work. You could get it driving in thick traffic. Where everybody else wants to make other signs. You got to focus your believing. Believe that, get that believing system. See, Zona wasn't moved by my mockery. Are you listening? We didn't have Christian music on because there wasn't no Christian radio stations. Are you following me? She just had the word of God dropped into her heart and she dared to believe it in the face of my mockery. Are you under your understanding? I'm, not, I'm trying to help you to see something. Quit waiting for the crowd to go along with your believing. You don't have to have the crowd. You don't have to have the opinions of others that are sitting beside you in the church service. All you have to do is dare to get your believing system in line with the word of Almighty God. Then it doesn't matter who believes it or not as long as me and God are stuck together in this believing system. Are you understanding what I'm talking about now? 
then it qualifies me, it justifies me to receive what Jesus paid for. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. I woke up this morning. When I woke up this morning, don't you forget Wednesday the 22nd. I have a Christmas message I have never preached before. All I got to say to you is God's got lots of gifts underneath the tree. You don't want to miss it. Now, how many of you are ready to get your miracle? It's got to be based on the Word of God now. It can't be based on your need, and it can't be based on how you feel. It has to be based on what you believe. Do you believe what God says? Your, your responsibility now is to find out what God says on that matter. And then dare to put it in your mouth and in your heart. Thank God I had a wife that believed God. I didn't change her. Thank God I didn't change her. Thank God her believing changed me. Oh, hallelujah. Get ready right now. Father, I thank you as I pray the prayer of faith. As I pray the prayer of faith in your word. Number one, Jesus, you said that by your stripes, your word says this, we are the healed. We're not healed because of a shot. We're healed because you took stripes on your back for our healing. By your stripes, we are the healed. Now, Father, if we did take a shot, only the stripes on your back would make it work properly. Because man's best efforts are still nothing more than filthy rags compared to what Jesus paid for. So in the name of the Lord Jesus, through the merits of the cross and by the power of the resurrection of Jesus, we speak healing to those that are sick. Healing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, Father, we thank you that there will be virtue flowing from heaven into their spirit and working a cure in their body. Jesus, we thank you. You need healing this morning. Thank you. Say it out loud. Thank you, Jesus, for the stripes on your back for my healing. And with those stripes, I receive it in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I thank you right now that you help us with our believing concerning our finances. It doesn't matter whether it's inflation, deflation, stagflation, recession, depression. You said in your word, 
that your blessing maketh rich and adds no sorrow with it. Father, we thank you that when we toil, when we labor, we're not laboring in vain. We're laboring with the blessing of the Lord and it causes us to enjoy our work. We're not going to dread it. In fact, we're not married to our job, we're married to your word. We can be separated from our job, but we're not gonna let anything separate us from your word. Father, I thank you that you will prosper the work of their hands. And they will sail through all kinds of financial cycles because your word knows no limits. Your promises are true. Father, we thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you're not limited to our present conditions. Those that need other types of miracles. We thank you, Lord, that the promises in your word covers every aspect, every avenue of life. We have loved ones that are off spiritually and that are not in tune with you. We thank you that by your spirit, you're drawing them. It's not by our might, not by our power, but it's by your spirit. You're drawing them. Lord, we thank you right now. You will restore those areas of our lives that are broken down in the name of Jesus. And that your love prevails against every lie of the devil. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Right now, this is what I want you to do. If you just just raise your hand to Jesus. You need one, just raise it and receive it from Him. Just say, thank you, Lord. I receive it. Nothing's going to steal it from me because my believing system is based upon what God said. You give the final word. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Thank you. That you fix everything broken and restore it beyond new. It's restored beyond new. It's restored way beyond anything that we could ask or think. For you're able to do it. Lord, you know no limitation. Age is not a limitation. You didn't tell Abraham and Sarah about the promised child and say, Abraham, I've considered your age. No. You just said what you meant and meant what you said and their age had to bow down to the truth of what you said. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. 
Glory be to God. Don't listen to the lies of the devil about your national nationality or your your culture or your your race, your color. Forget that. Forget that. It's based upon what God promised. And you're justified and receive it from him. Do you dare believe him? Glory to God. Lord, we give you the praise. We give you the thanks. Would you stand up with me and just take 60 seconds to thank him? Just thank him out of your own words. If you're a little bashful, just whisper it. But just take a moment to thank him. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. 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 We praise you. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you that your word prevails. Thank you for your finished work at Calvary, Jesus. Thank you for your resurrecting life. Glory be to God. Fathers, we go to leave this place today. We declare in the name of Jesus. Say this out loud. In the name of Jesus, His grace surrounds me like a shield, follows me wherever I go. I hear your voice and the voice of another. I will not follow. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given your angels charge over me, my family, my, my, my property, and my goods. You've given us the authority of your name to use, which we invoke right now. And we declare, in the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Thank you, Jesus, that you're filling me so full of your love that as I go into my everyday life, every person I come in contact, your love will just flow through me and touch their lives. We give you the praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Five, five people, give them a high five, say I'm glad you were here today. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.